This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. This is Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Happy Friday, everybody. Yeah, it is a Friday. <sighs> We're getting snow, though. That's a bummer. Yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah. it's called not july here yeah. <laughs> the other 11 the rock, get, this is a rocky mountain spring the other, 11, yeah. the other 11 months get snow here yeah. <laughs> but once you hit that sweet spot oh man the middle of summer you yeah. actually feel the heat of the sun June on you 15th through the july 15th yeah. <laughs> peak summertime experience only summertime experience yep yep but <sighs> how about we get started for this episode huh where should yeah. we begin well, as always, with release schedule changes, not a huge one. Um, just Father Stu from Sony moved from a Friday of opening. Of course it did. To a Wednesday <laughs> opening. Oh, that's it? Yeah. They didn't change months or weeks no, but, or years? or. But it's so hard to book Wednesday openings. I hate them. Well, yeah. It's annoying for... It's super annoying. For not being a holiday. Like a real, like, everything's closed. It's a weekday right. holiday for 4th of July for... Right. For one of the big ones. Yeah. 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 For not one of the holidays that is on a Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a Sunday holiday. Yeah. But Friday was Good Friday. So, I mean, it was not maybe not the best day. Or was it? Was it the best day for Father Stu movie on Good Friday? We either go to church or we go see uh, Mark Wahlberg as a boxer turned priest. Or we do church in the morning and Mark Wahlberg... In the evening. There are Monday or there are Friday morning services, I bet. Yeah. I was having a conversation with a client about this and he goes, the trailer looks really good, but what kind of movie is it? Yeah. That is the problem with this. I don't think they've, they've not picked the right narrative. Like, is it a boxing movie a la Rocky? Is it a religious film? Oh, is it a, fa- a faith-based movie? Yeah. That's is it a redemption a, that's film? That's rated R. <laughs> is it? Is it a redemption film with Mel Gibson? Is it, a, <laughs> is it again finding his faith is through adversity? Mark Wal- Wahlberg and nothing exploding? Yeah. Like, what is what this? Is, uh, I don't know. What are you? I'm shocked that there's not a question mark after Father Stew in the title. Father Stew? <laughs> yeah. How do you do? <laughs> what is you? Well, yeah, Sequel what? ideas. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, theaters and bookers are going to have to be prepared if they want to book this thing know, for Wednesday, huh? The, the week that it does now, and the 13th, is the week of April 8th, which is that Friday, because we go by Friday starting our weeks here. And that is <laughs> Sonic and Ambulance. Right. And week two of Morbius. Yeah. So what am I going to... I going to come off something doing that? Like, come be a, on. Be a wee bit tough. Yeah. That's so all right. no, why are we wasting okay. time on Sony? It is Warner Brothers weekend. It is Warner Brothers weekend. It's oh, their yeah. weekend to dominate. We have a theatrical only Warner Brothers release for the first time in a post, year post pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All 2021, they did the stupid hybrid model of day and day releasing, but so far with Batman theater only. Oh, and the publicity is going so well in their favor. Oh, Big yeah. opening, lots of advanced ticket sales, all can, of it. Cody, can you name the last Warner Brothers theatrical only release? Um, it has can to be I? pre-pandemic. And pandemic was like March, so it's something Christmas time. I don't know. I can't. 
think that far back. It's been ages. I was it feels about, like another life. I was about to say, aha, Tenet. But then I was like, wait, that was during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what movies came out before the pandemic? The Warner, last Warner Brothers release that was theatrical only. We're not counting Tenet just because that yeah. was a weird one. But was The Way Back with Ben Affleck as the alcoholic <laughs> oh, basketball that's coach. Right. Oh, yeah. And before that, it was uh, the... Uh, not Suicide Squad, the Harley Quinn movie. Birds oh, of Prey. Birds, Birds of, of Prey. Prey. Yeah. The Way Back was a good movie. But that was a it, good one. It yeah. feels like it was forever ago. Yeah. I feel like that movie was five years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do feel like the pandemic sucked the life out of me. And it was seriously like five years ago. Like when when was that time? I was a different person back then. Yeah. Well, yeah I was but but a wee child. <laughs> if if <laughs> yeah. anybody's counting on life expectancies to go up post pandemic, that is not gonna be the case. No. <laughs> No, I definitely we took all some had years at least off my five life. Five years taken off of our lives because of that. If not, if not from having getting COVID, it's the stress. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's also something symbolic about Warner Bros. last movie being a Ben Affleck movie, and now their first one post pandemic is Batman, but it's not with him. Yeah, I feel like there's a narrative or a symbolism we type. Killed thing him off. You... <laughs> it wiped him away as Batman. Gone. <laughs> pandemic did him in. He was old. I don't know. Curmudgeon. Oh, there's a there's a Batman movie coming up. There's a new a, one without there's a new Batman Affleck without Ben Affleck without yeah. Batfleck. Nope. I now know. with Battinson. Womp womp. Womp womp. Nonsense. Sorry. Nonsense. <laughs> it's so good, Kyle. So Cody, Ken, Cody Ken and, and I, I went to yeah. see it. So we during, snuck out Thursday randomly during the episode. We're gonna sneak in some spoilers. Just to upset Kyle. No, 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 Just no, no, to upset no, 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 Kyle. No, no. Kyle mm-hmm. is waiting. We invited Kyle. him to go Thursday at three o'clock, the very first early show, and he said, "No, Kyle, I've got to go with right my friends." Eyes. Batman dies. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. You know this is so, a one-off. Did you Kyle? see the so fear does. and the life yeah. go so, out of my so eyes? So does Alfred and Catwoman and the Penguin and <laughs> well, you know the Penguin all of, all had of Gotham to die. explodes and the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you guys, no spoilers yeah. for the sake of my own health. Yeah. Two of those three things are true. Just kidding. <laughs> or is he? Just, I was about to say, Rudy. could you imagine You'll if he never said, know. Could you imagine if he said that and then was like, no, that part I'm actually serious about. Yeah. yeah. No, no, Batman totally eats it. Like first first movie of the franchise. Yeah. Even they couldn't buy into it. <laughs> Ken no. was right the whole time. Matt, Matt Reeves was like, at the end of the movie, he's like, that was a waste of six months of my life. <laughs> Well, they are making Batman. one-offs. <laughs> they are not going to make an interconnected universe. Oh. So, well, Or are yeah, they? Yeah, unless this movie opens to $100 million and like, hey, maybe we should make a The Batman 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why they're... Or it's only going to open to 80, yeah. even though it's done like 60 for Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, right. It's going to take a dive, guys. <laughs> Just well, we wait. Saw, it's going to happen. What was the happen. Thursday number I saw? $21 million, something like that? I actually haven't checked. Yeah. 21 million. Oh, I don't. I think that's a lie. <laughs> in Spider- well, Spider-Man was 50. So if we take that into account, it's roughly half of what Spider-Man did. So it's going to open to a paltry 125 million. Yeah. Oh, no. Not 150. <laughs> not 80, like Cody said. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Apparently, didn't know. by the time the podcast came out and then the next week, all the advance tickets really shot up. So I was just a little early it in is, my worry. It is 21 uh, million so far. So, oh. yeah. So we're uh, 21% of the way there. <laughs> a quarter of the way there. After, after 
one nightly show most places. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one one <laughs> show. One three-hour show. We're almost there, Cody. Good luck to you. So people... I'm going to lose this hot take, all right? I already, everybody already knows the moment it came out of my mouth, I was going to lose it. But that's okay because I'd rather be wrong than have been right about that. That would have been just sad. Kyle, Commissioner Gordon is the Riddler. <laughs> Bum, bum, Could bum. you imagine though? And and the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe how and, he pulls it off. And Jacques Cousteau. Oh god. <laughs> He's really into submarines. My blood pressure is skyrocketing, guys. <laughs> People are probably surprised, like, because I watch all the movies before you guys ever see any movie ever. Yeah. And this was the one time where the roles have been reversed. I know. We were like, We'll buy your ticket. Come with us. And he's like, no, my friends on Saturday want me to see it with them. Yeah, but I... We're your friends, Kyle, when we're not. (laughs) We're your friends now. (laughs) You belong to us. (laughs) But I'm going to see it at a swanky IMAX I know. You're going to get the good screening. I am not watching this movie at our crummy theater. No. I'm not going to It was very dark. I I can imagine so. It's very dark. I was like, can you just turn off the lights a little? Like it's film noir, but they make every one of their movies they screen film noir. Jason yeah. Momoa <laughs> plays Thomas Wayne. <laughs> Actually, I would love that. <laughs> That'd be the one spoiler where I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. How did you kind kill him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <so> yeah. <laughs> take like 10 men i was about to say he doesn't need to be like super powered to have the bullets bounce off of him have you yeah. seen the pecs there's there's a multiverse where adam west shows up it's a whole thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> nostalgia runs rampant <laughs> uh so i guess this means you guys liked it well that's the interesting thing so i had no expectations and i really liked it i really enjoyed myself the pacing was a little on the slow side for me especially in the beginning but mm-hmm. i didn't i was fine with the tone and the and everything ken on my the other opinion hand. of this movie is that kyle will really like this movie <laughs> what a shock it's, it's shocking that i like something and ken really hated it and it's not what you would th- think it would have been so like mm, no it's I... not like lost city where it's like okay cody will probably really like this and ken might not like it sure no this was a Batman movie and I liked it and he didn't. That's just that I can't not wait to talk to you next week about the reasons why. Even for my bare minimum uh hopes for Ken liking this movie, it, he wasn't able to reach it already by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really hard sell for me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. a Robert Pattinson guy. He's emaciated. He looks like <laughs> Christian Bale and the machinist as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that since the beginning. Yeah. But yeah. this was just not made for me. This is for a younger, more um, open-minded audience, <laughs> I should say. Okay. I mean, I grew up in I just think the it was, 80s where yeah. Michael Keaton's Batman was great. Yeah. Where George Clooney fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger was great. <laughs> it was. I was thinking about right. it and you I was guys, like, I really enjoyed those so. movies. Well, when you were like 12, that was, yeah. that was That's the movie. True. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I wasn't an adult trying to break it down. And then, and then you had Christopher Nolan like, yeah, I'm just going to take Memento and turn it into Batman. I'm going to make three of these. It's still amazing. Yes, it is. It's still amazing. Thinking about the last standalone Batman film, they started the movie with a plane capturing a smaller plane and then them skydiving out of the plane. It's awesome. Yeah, that did not happen in this film. No, no, probably not. I think that's what it was for Ken, without giving spoilers. Batman is an action set piece. And there been... was not oh, very... Spoiler! No, 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 no. Batman, I'm just kidding. I'm just Batman kidding. was, was uh, the, at least the, 
the last few have been act, big action blow up yeah. films. And, and that's what I like. There's action yeah, yeah. in it. It's just that with that runtime, I don't think there's enough action to keep Ken like motivated to watch the whole time. Like he was starting to get a little chatty and mm-hmm. I'm like, shh, stop. Okay. <laughs> but there certainly will be audiences like There's that. some I really mean, cool scenes in it though yeah. where the action is really stylized. This, and, the action and is cool. stylized. The cinematography is... I don't know if I'm giving anything away, but there was a scene in the trailer where uh, it's just a really quick scene in the trailer where um, they're shooting and the, you see the guns go off in the dark and then you see shadows of him. Oh, yeah. That yeah. sequence was so cool. That was actually so cool when oh, you gotta see pulled it, it out. Max. No, yeah. there, were, there were several. I mean, you could tell that this was a labor of love for the director. Like, he yeah. really put his all into this, like, really showed off oh, yeah. what yeah. he can do as a director. And while Ken didn't like Robert Pattinson, I. I enjoyed him. I did okay. feel that he is still not a bulky Batman. For some reason, I just feel like a Batman should be bulkier. So I, his he doesn't size, have any superpowers. I, I get it. His size is a <laughs> Superman thing. can be skinny because he's literally <laughs> the man of steel. I can. <laughs> but Robert Pattinson brought an intensity and, in, a, and did a lot more acting with just his looks and like the way he his intensity in the scenes. Yeah, yeah. N- push the narration of the story that when he looked at certain things and stuff, I thought it, he did a really good job. It is definitely a different take and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That, well, that sounds good to me. Like that's kind of the stuff I'm really in, more Looking interested for. in with this interpretation. Yeah. Like you don't need big action set pieces because it's been done. You need, I kind of wanted to something different and I got it with this. Sure. And I'm hoping majority of audiences will be like that too, but I understand you know, there will yeah. be some similar to Ken that, you know, would, wouldn't mind like a bit more action right. to help keep the story moving yeah. forward. And you didn't have fair. to see Paul Dano without a mask till the end. So that was good. I didn't have to look at him very much. I, <laughs> <laughs> Real, yeah. I'll go with an actor. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, they, they kept delaying. <laughs> They kept, teas- they, they kept teasing it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. They kept I figured that's Showing it yeah. from the side, showing him from the back. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they do show his face, it takes 10 minutes for them to pan around the giant head that he has. <laughs> it's the biggest head in the world. Giant head? He's a small guy. <laughs> yeah. That, that dome is not, though. The dome isn't? <laughs> He's got the Tacoma, very... the Tacoma dome for a forehead. <laughs> I, yeah, know, I know <laughs> this is going to be going through my head as that reveal happens, and I'm just going to be the only one laughing. Now, because of that. And Everyone's gonna hate me, yeah. <laughs> but Ugh. but I mean, despite the criticisms and the feedback, it I'm still really excited, and this yeah. sounds really promising for yeah. well, Warner uh, Brothers movie like this. Warner Brothers knows how to promote. They right. they've done this forever. Oh yeah, yeah. so they know how to. They're promote really good at marketing. big blockbuster theaters and get audiences in, and this yeah. one is going to pay dividends. It's, yeah. It's not my kind of movie, but it is my kind of movie in that it sells tickets. It's so funny. (laughs) I walked out being like a little worried for the movie. For some reason, if I really like it, it doesn't always bode well for the movie. (laughs) And so part of me was like, "Uh oh, why? Why did I like this and not Ken? Uh Oh, is there something wrong with the movie? Right, right, right. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. So I but I think it's all there. I don't think I think I'm oddly and with the majority on most people and ken is the odd one out on this it is a weird um situation right yeah, now it is very God. odd if this is worse than the fake spoilers for kyle he's like cody liked it because <laughs> at least i know how to react when it comes to a spoiler but this i i don't know i don't yeah. know what to do now yeah it's weird 
like praising it and ken's like it's garbage i'm gonna walk and be like all right if cody says it's good but it does sound like um that critics loved it and it sounds like even the audiences are on board with this yeah, as well it, at least judging by the sounds from the early screenings that have been right happening. because warner's was so confident in this that they did tuesday and wednesday early screenings oh, for yeah. people so usually you just do that for critics to drum up some business mm-hmm. but they thought the word of mouth would be so good on it that they did it for audiences and and those post-track exit scores are really high actually surprisingly high so there it is on the approved end of the spectrum nope we need it to be big you know we talked last week about the it's gotta last the whole month of of films (laughs) in the in the month of march the desert of march that we have entered again you know we walked through the desert known as january and then entered february we had like seven wide releases and then back to march with two with two (laughs) The big O2. So here well, we go. Well, Universal everyone. is going to save us with a bring back sing along version of Sing. Ooh, hooray! <laughs> Not till the end of the month though, because oh. you don't need it during the early part of the month when there's spring breaks. No, no put it at the end, right before Sonic. Well, Thanks, if you, guys. If you have a multiplex theater with ten screens, you still have Sing on screen. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it didn't come you off. Don't yeah. scene, you don't need a scene along version. <laughs> it's going to be on screen in some. Sonic. Some capacity until Sonic comes out. I feel like the kids are already singing to begin with, so it's <laughs> all the difference? It's all they've watched since since December. It's yeah. just an excuse to do an experiment for these open caption screenings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that you're like might it's not a sing along, but it's also open caption. Right. And let's test <laughs> it on eight year olds that don't know what is going on. Right. They can't read. The scene alongs are really for kids that need the words that they can't read that fast. The words to the pop songs that their parents will know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Isn't that yeah. how it works? Yes. It's like adult pop songs. Okay, cool. I'm ready for the Batman. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. We did try to give Kyle one teeny tiny little spoiler. There is a, I wouldn't even call it a scene. There is a thing uh, no, 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 at, the end, at the end of the credits. It's so not a scene. These, it is nobody is in this. Mar- Marvel really brought these to the forefront and made yeah. these work and made these part of their universe. Well, DC's like, yeah, we'll do that too. And these scenes have all been kind of off and they've never really hit the mark yeah. in the DC universe. And then, yeah, they bring up this scene, which isn't a scene. It's not a scene. Which you can't call it a scene. A black so, computer screen with green letters that lasts two seconds and it adds nothing to the plot. Nothing. <laughs> so if you don't, after having watched the three-hour movie, want to sit through all the credits for that, which Kyle has assured us he's going to do anyways, regardless of our <laughs> telling him not to, I would recommend not doing this. <laughs> Imagine telling my other nerdy friends, hey guys, let's skip the Batman after credit yeah, scene. I'm, Imagine yeah. I won't have a ride home. And then yeah. you say, "You say, trust me guys, I'm in the industry. <laughs> yeah. I know, oh, that, it never I know what I'm talking about It here. never works. I'm still, I'm still not the most important friend, I'm even in, despite saying I'm that. I'm in the industry. <laughs> Friends, Romans, countrymen. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, shut up, We're, leave, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, why aren't you following? <laughs> I mean, so if you're going to do it like Kyle is going to do it, I recommend going to the bathroom, getting a drink of water, milling about the lobby a little bit, and then coming back in and watching it and then leaving. That sounds like great advice. It sounds like yeah. 
a strong idea of things that no one's ever thought of before, Cody. No one's ever thought about leaving in the credits and then coming back. Yeah. Just like no one's ever thought about changing ticket prices based on how excited audiences are. Yeah. God, I love that transition. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't want us to spoil anything for him I'm on the Batman. I'm trying to help him out. No, I just think it's hilarious. The Riddler is about- a hallucination. <laughs> The penguin, oh, no, 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 is, the, the penguin is, is an actual mammal. This is actually Arkham Batman. <laughs> He's just rocking back and forth yeah. in the cell. It's actually a dream in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a Nolan movie, I'd buy He's, he's going to think it's a dream the whole time. It's going to be like, damn it. That's why it's so slow. <laughs> I was already going to watch it again, but now I have to watch Ugh. like the real version as compared to Ken's version <laughs> yeah. of the movie. <laughs> to watch it twice is Ken like, doesn't know what happened he'd zoned out <laughs> I'm gonna snooze for a minute okay well, back to the serious topics yeah so what a- was that transition so, leading up so a- AMC um, had an article a Hollywood Reporter variety that they are going to raise the prices specifically for Batman at all their locations by $1.50 per ticket mm-hmm. it's experiment <laughs> it's- experimenting with variable pricing which is something that is not allowed by almost every master licensing agreement. No, the studios have never allowed variable pricing. They've specifically outlawed. You cannot, in your master licensing agreement, show a film for... for All the films have to be the same. All tickets to your complex have to be the same for all films. You can't say, okay, Warners, well, you didn't give us enough revenue in 2020, so your tickets are going to be this much less. And... You can't cheapen the ticket. And the big reason is is because they don't want people buying tickets for cheaper movies and trying to sneak into the good ones. Mm. So That's the old-fashioned idea right. that people are sneaking into things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's just a way to police all that. And then they, and then you, because there's really not a way to properly justify, like, hey, I feel like your movie should be a little cheaper than the others or more expensive than the others. Why is my movie not as expensive as their movie? It just created so much conflict and tension. And not only are you negotiating on showtimes and every week right. and making sure the showtimes are correct, now you got to worry about ticket prices for each individual showtime at every theater in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so just so I'm not surprised that the studios are letting um, AMC experiment with this because what amc is doing is raising the price for a new film so they're hoping to capture film rental on a higher price film um i just think that the way it was portrayed and publicized with amc's ceo being like we're such a making it such a bold move like variable pricing has never been discussed in our industry at all put them on a bit of a pedestal because if you own a theater you've never had a thought about your ticket prices you're just like they are what they are They've always been the same. They will always be the same. We'll never change them. Why right. would I change it? We'll never consider anything. Why would ne- I raise the prices? Right. Prices when- for concessions or employees or inflation. That's never happened to me before. So I've never considered <laughs> right. and I've never adjusting wanted to, my ticket prices. To charge more for opening weekend and then pull it and then charge less as the weeks go on to get people to come in. I, or charge more for a Warner Brothers movie yeah. instead of a Sony movie because the terms are better. Right. <laughs> or charge more because the film's going to be bigger. <laughs> Never. Never no. had that. Concern. No, no one's ever had those thoughts. Sarcasm <laughs> abounds, folks. AMC is the only one that's ever had these thoughts. Yeah. None so, of you very successful independent theater owners. Have never been like, oh, I want to change this up a little bit. What's a model that I could get behind? Yeah, when reading through these articles and basically the 
majority of the article is, hey, guys, we raised ticket prices. It, it was a very weird for me as a reader to be like, yeah. why are you making this sound like it's revolutionary and innovative? And I'm pretty sure they used the word innovative they in did. one of the articles, too. Yeah. Bold and innovative were thrown about like this was AMC's you know, strategic positioning to improve our industry. It's not bold and innovative. It's common sense. Like yeah. as prices change, so do prices of other things change. Yeah. All <laughs> There's it, all only it tells a limited me. amount of tickets for right. these weekends. I should charge more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there. All it tells me though, is that this is going to be a huge headache for buyers, for independent owners when you want to, because it's easy to raise the prices for opening weekend on a film. But not every opening weekend is going to be the same. And like, an example, are we going to raise prices for Ambulance and Sonic? If you're in a market where just family, maybe, of course, you want to do Sonic. But are you going to want to do it for Ambulance too? Or what if you have an art picture that you know not very many people are going to come to? Like, Sure. Is Sony going to expect the same ticket price for Uncharted, Morbius, <laughs> and Father Stew? Right. <laughs> are you going to raise tickets for Father Stew that you would for Morbius? For an older faith-based audience yeah. you're going to raise ticket prices on on, on that the, audience, on the seniors which is which want is the a discount most vocal of ticket pricing audiences <laughs> oh they're terrible <laughs> you raise anything and those seniors are up in arms <laughs> over it but the, but the senior discount will help you out so it's all meaningless, all meaningless. <laughs> yeah no it just it's gonna it's just raising way more questions and it's just a money grab on the part of the studios and stuff but wait till that bunny grab blows back on them, you know, and they don't get treated the same when they don't have the big blockbuster when you're not Warner brothers with the Batman right now. Or if Batman opens and the ticket price, which we had to find out through back channels is yeah. only a, an eight day raise in prices. What happens if Warner brothers wants day nine? Yeah. Which is the next Friday. Or ones if their, their accounting messes up, you know, we want two weeks. We want three weeks. Mm -hmm. We want the whole month of March. Well, you're going to charge the same for Batman four weeks old and Lost City, which is brand new. Right. That seems wrong. I think <laughs> I the... think it could work if you made it an even across the board concept of I'm going to raise prices for opening week run. The opening week, seven day opening run of a film, regardless if I'm open three days or all seven days, I will charge more if I play a film on the break that in under that scenario. That... So for a big complex, you'll open them all. It, they'll all be treated the exact equal and in a small complex you're only going to get the big ones anyways and so you'll open you'll charge more for an am or for a sonic than you will for like an ambulance off the break i mean so it, it makes sense to do that way but once you, the studio starts pushing back on beyond seven days one it just gives another reason for the studio to dictate how and when you operate a film yeah which you already get no it's, it's not done autonomously. You're not doing it on mm -hmm. your own. None of the decisions you make about how to show your films, how to price your films, is made by the theater on their own. No. There are so many influences by the film companies in every aspect. Right. Because you are licensing their product, and they can tell you how to do it, when to do it, and where to do it. Like They have full control of that product. You don't own it, and so you have to play by their rules. And so you just are fighting to make it equal amongst everybody so that you have consistency and that's the only way i can see this working but yeah. but it, but you're sh sure shit knows that somebody somewhere is going to want to lower prices if a film doesn't perform <laughs> yeah absolutely you know if you have a movie that has a thursday night opening 
that's not $21 million like Batman mm-hmm. and is two nationally when yeah. it's supposed to be 21 Oh, why don't I just make those tickets regular price then? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of that dollar fifty surcharge. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's not going to be an issue with the film companies. No. <laughs> so we'll just have to watch this. But AMC, you are not bold or innovative in this at all. You just have the market share to be able to pull it off and post-pandemic when their studios are looking for more revenue. No, and just promote an article about it. Yeah. It's garbage. AMC is already the highest priced theater chain in the country. Yeah. By far. You go across the board, AMC has the highest prices. In general, they also have the newest theaters and the most upgraded amenities. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're the highest price. But, I mean, if you sit and tell me that I can go to a movie for $20 and now it's going to be twenty-one I'm taking a walk on that. <laughs> I'm going to find somewhere else to see that. I mean, with, <laughs> with the case of like a bad man, obviously there's people who aren't going to shy away as easily. They'll be like, oh, I really want to... Be the first to see it. Okay, fine. I'll go ahead and do it. But for some other movies, like An Ambulance, like you were saying Mm -hmm. as an example, I think audiences would be okay not paying the 20 bucks in that first opening week. Right. Like they, unless it's an event film that you need to see first, be the first to see it. If it's just a regular run of the mill thing like Lost City or Ambulance, um, you can wait. You can wait till the second week. Or that, and possibly at that point, they'll just end up waiting for a movie to come out on streaming, which yeah. is already what we've been suspecting of audiences to be doing to begin with. So, if it's not a superhero movie, it could just not work. Right. We'll just have to wait and see how this pans out. I just wish they would have chosen to do this with like Downton Abbey or something that had a only senior audience <laughs> just to see. <laughs> no, the I rage. would never wish that on the, the exhibitors. No. I wish, no. I wish that on AMC and their, their CEO <laughs> that's all, poor, does these articles. Those poor kids that work in those theaters. I, yeah. I swear to God, this guy talks with his nose pointed to the sky. Every time he I does. see him quoted, I just like, Oh, you smell your own farts. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember when they were almost bankrupt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a year ago. That was wild. <laughs> now they're innovative. Uh, <laughs> they're innovative with their massive amounts of yeah. debt. <laughs> and, all uh, their, and all their now non-Chinese money. <laughs> yeah. China got out. They were like, uh-oh, we don't need this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. China didn't think it was a good idea. But yeah. now we're talking about China again with this next topic. We are. So there, I... I've been hearing some rumblings about this push to make this mini theater concept, bringing it to America. And it's kind of interesting. So the mini theater concept is you'd go in and you would like a karaoke room. You would have just basically a room with maybe eight to 10 seats in it that you could rent out with your friends and through an app on your phone, you would choose the movie, approve the licensing stuff, pay the bill. And, and then you would be able to screen the film right then and there's, I guess, a push to make that concept happen here in the U.S. It's very big in Asian countries, especially in China. And and I just had some feelings that um, while I think it's neat and innovative and stuff, I just don't see it taking over movie theaters here. Like, I don't see movie theaters transforming into this concept here. And for a number of reasons. One is... I just think the cultures are different. Like we have a movie going legacy culture here that because movies have been around for over a hundred years here and movies really, especially in China have only been around really like for the mass populace, like 
20 years and really only like the last 15 years. So it's, they don't have the same legacy culture that we have with, with movies and movie going and grow and growing up with that. There's a whole generation of people there that have never really grown up with that. And then those countries are also massively populated and the lifestyle in those countries are so different. Whereas, you know, you don't, your living room is, you couldn't hold eight people in it. Whereas a lot of the homes across the U S have space and that your living room is that, that size and you can have all your friends over into it. So the emphasis on going out isn't as strong here as it is over there. And so it kind of would make sense to be able to rent the space for you and your friends to go enjoy something like that. And, with, and coupled with the fact that they didn't have the infrastructure in place for very long and that you can build concepts like this from the ground up and create something new, a new experience, much easier than converting existing experiences into this model. We have 5,000 venues that currently operate under the large auditorium model. Yeah. And now this comes in and it's like, oh yeah, you can, we can just make 50 screens in a in a Kmart. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no, we already have a theater that does this. Mm-hmm. The other part of this that I thought of that was interesting is like movies are first date things. Cody and I's first date was at yeah. a movie. 310 to you, my people. So how do you take a date to a movie in a small dark room? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Hello. For a first date, would you like to go to yeah. a movie? And then you put it in a room and lock the door? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's not my room. Oh, I've rented the room. I'm getting my time more. Yeah. Like, no, this is... What What movie would you like to watch? Would you like to watch The Batman? It's very dark. Yeah. <laughs> we will not see it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is creepy. Yeah. Also, in this country, we have special equipment. You have these highly... Um, secure projectors that are specially approved for the theatrical industry. And I feel like <laughs> those projectors are so expensive and that you're not going to recoup your $50,000 investment on this projector with an eight seat room. And I feel like part of what the, is happening with this concept in, in China and these other areas are, is they don't have the same level quality of the equipment because it's, just a completely different country that they do here. And so they could be getting away with just pull down screens and home projectors, which would make the cost a lot less. You could have a lot, you could have 10 of those rooms versus 10, you know, like secure theater grade quality projectors. Plus people want to see a big screen. They want something above and beyond their living room. They want the comfort of their living room, but an experience that gets them out of their living room. And the only thing that gives them that is that big screen, that Atmos sound, you know, laser projection, that stuff that they can't replicate as easily technologically wise at home. So, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think the idea of a mini theater is a bad one, (laughs) but I just don't think it makes sense for a theater that's already been started and established to spend the renovation costs in order to complete in order to convert or at least meet the best of both worlds and still have big auditoriums, but also small screening rooms as well. Right. If you did want to do it, you would have to start from ground zero and it is possible that maybe in, I don't know, a more um, city type area where there's, you know, lots of places to easily walk around to. Maybe you could do it in an area kind of like that to where those rooms make sense. 
make a bit more sense. I think you should definitely have one or two of them. I think mm-hmm. party rooms, rent out rooms, or that concept is great. And you should have that. Kids' yeah. birthday parties, private affairs. And we talked about using your venue for things other than movies, like training videos for corporate retreats, gaming rooms. So I don't think that the concept is terrible. Uh, having an eight-person room and you rent it out for gaming tournaments or things like that makes way more sense than a 100-seat theater that you're trying to rent out for 10 people to come game in. Like, the room concept makes sense. But is that going to take over the new theatrical experience? No. No way. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to take it over. It's just going to be, I think at most, like, it's just a niche um, thing to do. In areas where population can sustain it. Kind of like, you know, karaoke bars that have soundproof rooms and have special treatments of seating and sound and they mm-hmm. have uh bartenders be able to come and go and deliver you food and drink it, it would kind of be similar to that type of yeah. experience I, I feel like do also love like the failed second tier of this where somebody opens this kind of situation it doesn't work out so then there's 10 eight seat auditoriums to use and you have to go in with your family of four and sit with two other couples. Yeah. <laughs> sit in this tiny room and watch a movie. That would, I guess that's a good point, too. Like, would the rules be that, like, you just got to fill the seats and first no, come, first serve? Just, or would it be, like, you a just rent You pay out. for the room. You pay yeah. for the room yeah. per hour. Yeah. And then you pay for which, the film rights. Yeah, which works. So everything's done on the app, and the theater proprietor is just a doorkeeper or a concession person. Yeah, you flip. It's, a, it's an Airbnb theater. Yeah. But I just love that idea of like when it doesn't work out. Right, like you don't get enough private rentals and you have to start. (laughs) You have to figure out a way to fill these rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants a private rental. So you're you're like, yeah, let's go on a first date. And then six like 12-year-olds walk in. So it's you and a date and a bunch of children. Oh, no, no. Because at least like in an auditorium, you can space yourself away from. Yeah. Those six to six to the ultimate way to like mug someone, you just pick like super high end movies, yeah, (laughs) just get one seat. Yeah, (laughs) maybe this is a bad idea. I love this idea, (laughs) I think this is great. AMC should tear down all the theaters and start over. (laughs) They're good at accruing debt. There's a good happy middle between like eight seats for private, tiny, like because those screens in that size are almost as big as TVs and homes are now. So it's not like you're getting a super big upgrade with that. Yeah, there's no real luxurious um, theatrical experience when you're actually replicating what's going on in your own living room. But I think if you can get to that 20 to maybe even 50 seat sweet spot, that 20 to 35 seats, you can create that luxury feel and that private feel, but still also having it open to the public. And then it justifies having a regular theatrical projector and server and that whole setup. Yeah, which that is most certainly the way to go as compared right. to. And when you're looking at a hundred a seat theater what is your occupancy rate over time like yeah on friday and saturday nights you might be close to 100 percent occupancy and on certain films you are but overall in general you're not and so you could actually go down to probably 50 seats and fill those very consistently night after night after night much easier than you can 100 150 seats so that the concept is there and people pay will pay extra for that is if you have things like luxury recliners like the double side by side, you know, reclining furniture, Mm -hmm. like people want that. That's the high end experience that people are looking for. 
at least people with more disposable income, they're more likely to buy drinks, buy high-end concession food, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But it came up in a, in a conference call I had and I was just like, oh, people, we do not need to be worrying about this right now that we have bigger, we have bigger issues with windowing and streaming. If we can get that now variable pricing, if we can get that sorted, then we'll worry about new concepts coming to the market. I don't even think this is necessarily something to worry about. It's just whether you're willing to take a chance on it. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, uh, renovation costs, if you're willing to take a chance on it and if you have the space to be able to make that renovation happen, I guess go for it. Or if you're, you, you know, dreaming of making your own theater, but then you hear about this concept. Having, and, having these flex spaces is important. Yeah. Like we said, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's and a pipe also dream for part of the audi- way you're yeah. educating audiences. I mean, how long has it taken people to learn to use VRBO? Yeah. I mean, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a thing and it works and people use Airbnb. Right. Mm-hmm. But now you got to teach people, yes, you're going to rent a room instead of getting a seat and <laughs> well, a ticket. The other part of that that we're not talking about is the fact that it's an app on a phone. And I don't think the studios here are ready to give consumers an app that would then send them to a private room somewhere. Why not just stream it? And how, and then you cannot how would you project that streaming through the the rented room system? So, I mean, there's, I feel like the studios in this country have pushed their, their money into the streaming. So if you're going to stay home or you're going to do something, not in the big movie theater and pay a, a ticket price for, then I, th- I think that they've pushed the consumer to streaming. Cause this, this concept also, these mini rooms came out before streaming really became big too. Yeah. I mean, studios already have a hard time sharing with the theaters you know like why would they want to share apps on top of that like they already have their own apps it's called streaming services and they're already directly available for um audiences yeah and for the audience member out there listening that is not part of the industry but thinking about getting in no you cannot start an online movie theater (laughs) or streaming service or any of that they're called watch parties and they're already on other streaming services (laughs) yes but no their studios are not going to license you the batman so you can have a quote online movie theater that's just not going to work no brick and mortar people nope it works for video games it works for youtubers that do video uh movie commentaries but not to the scale of doing a theater online (laughs) it's it's not gonna work oh you mean their streaming services but the one thing we got on this online this week are trailers oh yeah we got some big trailers this week yeah um cody and i were just mentioning about the new morbius trailer we thought that it looked uh, pretty good, reminded us of what the last trailer looked like, but <laughs> we're kind of just worried more about the buzz going on because after the trailer right. drop, we just didn't get the sense that there was as much buzz for this movie as there was when the last trailer came out, which mm-hmm. I believe was before Spider-Man right. came it out. It was well. December, and with a January release date, this is in March now with a April release date, and I just think that Sony... To which it had to do, it sacrificed Morbius to make sure bat or make sure Spider Man, not Batman, Spider Man, um, beat Avatar, and it did. It Spider Man or Spider Man beat Avatar domestically, domestically, yeah. and it shot it shot up there. Did really good, but in keep preserving Spider Man on the marketplace, they pushed Morbius back. But I think that they pushed it so far back, it lost its momentum. 
it's in the market so that the interest isn't really there because now you're putting it up against other things. Hmm. Well, let's not pick on Sony with their date changes because that's all they have. I know. That's, <laughs> that's all, they, they, that's all love, they got. They love doing that. But, but <laughs> there's just this thing. feeling that where the, maybe it's, and it could just be too because the Batman's still out. and It's possible. And there, until that fervor for the Batman dies, then we'll maybe get more excited about Morbius too. But... That was the issue. Like in January, there was nothing. So you were super excited about Morbius because it was the only thing coming out. Now we've got Batman. We've got Doctor Strange on the horizon. We, we've just got other things that are a little distracting from, from Morbius. We've got Sonic, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see. Maybe the hype will pick back up. But just in this moment at the timing of it all, it just mm-hmm. kind of feels that way. But maybe that's only us. Yeah, it could just be us, too. We could be just jaded cynics. <laughs> well, speaking of jaded cynics, I still feel the same way that I did about the last uh, Fantastic Beast trailer as I have for this new one. Yeah. Just... Not getting my hype up for it, and I still don't feel like it's getting much hype anywhere else. I think it will still do good business, just but... been burned too many times on this. <laughs> yeah. And just bringing a young Dumbledore back is not going to be enough for me. <laughs> for you, maybe, but maybe for other people it can. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. What did you guys think of the Uma trailer? I didn't watch this. This is one I did not watch. Uh, I think it could work for the horror demographic on the opening weekend, but I know that this is also a more moderate release, so I don't really expect it to be um, all that big for business. Yeah. yeah. Very limited. But it looked good. Like, it did look very good to me, but... It looks fine. It's the best-looking trailer out of these like weird Sony one-off limited releases. Oh, okay. Short of the Billy Crystal one. Like, I like father stew. That's not one of these weird ones. It's not one they announced like three weeks, three weeks before it came out. That's true. But, but it is still kind of a random one-off. No, it is not a detective. (laughs) Remember that Jim? I put that that in this vein. This is one of those that's like, Hey, by the way, we have this, we have this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, bullet train. Oh my god! I'm Kyle's excited for so this excited. one. What do you think? I didn't Ken? see this one. I didn't oh, see it either. this is. I think Ken would love this trailer. What Bullet is this? Train. Uh, so pretty much, a bunch of assassins are on a train. I believe in Japan, like one of their really high speed mm-hmm. um, subway trains, and I guess they're all trying to go speed after this. Kills. They're going after this uh, mysterious briefcase. They all have their own agendas, and there's deceit and action, and it's colorful and self aware and amazing. <laughs> And I love Ooh. it. Oh, nice. <laughs> we'll have to watch out for this one. Yeah. yeah. It's coming out in July, I believe. July 15th. Yeah, this was kind of I was going to say, I think this one, r- this run. feels like this was moved. This date, bullet train's date was moved. Probably. Like, yeah, this is, like this is kind moved. of the desert that is late July after Thor comes out. <laughs> Looking forward to the summer schedule. It's like, we've got this, and then we've got this, and then we've got this, and then we've got... Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bullet train. <laughs> July and August. August does not look good this year, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Let's just get through March. I know, I know, I've, seen, yeah, I know I've seen the name bullet train, but I haven't seen it. So I will definitely be checking out this trailer mm-hmm. on Silver Screen Insider. I find that I like watching trailers on the dashboard homepage on SSI. I just, th- I like how they're all in one spot and all these trailers, because they're new, will be at the top. So. That'll be easy for me. I'll go check it out too. Well, I guess only I saw Bullet Train on SilverScreenInsider.com. Kyle's the only one doing his job. (laughs) 
Kyle put, Ken literally and, Ken puts and them. I were out going to the movies. <laughs> Kyle puts them on the website. Yeah, yeah no, he sees everyone. There. He has to, I guess I'll watch it while I... glance at it, at least. Yeah. Cody and Ken invited me out to the movies, but I said, no, I have to be here at work. <laughs> to put I have the trailers to trailer, up? I have to put the trailers up. We're like, we have to go support an industry and watch a movie. We're all working here. <laughs> All right, you got me there. Yeah. Kyle, the Riddler is Paul Dano. What? <laughs> what? Or is he? La, 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 la. <laughs> Not listening. He isn't. It's actually Colin Farrell. <laughs> He's the Penguin Riddler. The Penguin was such a good character, and I just think it's because he talked the most <laughs> out of everybody. That makes me so happy. He's so good. I can't wait. Oh. oh, I see it tomorrow. Okay, uh, so I think that's it, right? Yes. Before the spoilers actually happen, record an emergency podcast with spoilers after Kyle sees. Oh my gosh, we are we are because I have to leave early next week, and it's just going to be a Kyle Ken podcast. But I really want in on the conversation, so we might have to do a pre-podcast conversation that we record. Tuesday podcast. a Tuesday podcast. Is that possible? Well, just to talk about Batman, and then you guys can talk about other business on your. You know, a normal Friday podcast. Do I have to talk about Batman more? Yes. It's we are gonna, gonna get into the nitty gritty on it's this. It's just gonna be a debate between us two about whether Pattison is awesome or not awesome. He's awesome. Not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I gotta be there. I gotta be the deciding vote. <laughs> awesome Cody will in join. some ways, not awesome in that level. Cody will be on my side. Yeah. I have more on Kyle's side on this, surprisingly. <laughs> Very yeah. weird. Yeah. We were all surprised. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do Mystery Science Theater 2000 here and start commenting on the movie. Cody's like, shh. And I'm like, are we watching the same movie here? Yeah. <laughs> I even sat forward. I was like just enthralled. And he just kept chirping in my ear <sighs> about stuff. And I'm and like, Ken's okay. probably like, what the heck? I think I even shook his hand once because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Until I snoozed. Yeah. <laughs> just go to sleep. Yeah. Let me watch the movie. <laughs> I don't take children in the movie. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, in that case, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Off the Break podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast. Kyle, Batman's parents are still alive. <gasps> no. <laughs> it's Arkham Asylum. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.